millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag. A watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Alarmy. Before we get started, we wanted to make sure you heard the big news. The Alarmist has joined Patreon. Patreon subscribers will get access to our content ad-free, as well as our aftermath post-interview discussion and final verdict. We'll also be putting out additional bonus episodes and other fun stuff. Here's a preview of Guest Alarmist, where I step aside and let a guest walk us through a personal tragedy, and together the Alarmist crew figures out who's to blame. This month, comedian and writer Jessica Eason tells us about her New York City no underwear extravaganza disaster. I mean, I I, I just said it, but I feel like sex in the city. I think it steered me wrong. I think it made me think that I could have sex all the time. And we all lived in the same Manhattan. But they didn't live in the improv comedy world. There's no episodes of them with a bunch of nerdy white dudes. No. I would love to see that episode <laughs> where Samantha, I mean, that's a missed opportunity on their part where Samantha starts yes. taking an improv class and oh, suddenly yes. no one wants to have like have sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> or they all do. And she's like in a sea of comedy nerds. <laughs> yeah. And she suddenly loses her libido. She's like, I don't want to have sex. I don't know. It's really weird. <laughs> oh, my God. They break her. <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash the alarmist and subscribe today. Now on to our episode. I was born with a special gift, the ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my 
own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey, Alarmy. We're doing something unprecedented here at The Alarmist. We're taking two weeks off. But lucky for you, we have a special treat. We're re-releasing our first two episodes ever and inviting a guest expert to help us figure out if we got it right the first time. Spoiler alert, probably not. But maybe yes? This week, we're focusing again on the Titanic. And stay tuned for Thursday's Aftermath with maritime history expert Sal Mercogliano. Woo! Hey! Uh, While that intro is very dramatic, I think it's a really good representation of the kind of stuff that uh, we're going to be talking about on this podcast. I'm Rebecca. I'm an actor, comedian, and a history enthusiast. And, you know, every episode I'm going to have a friend on, we're going to really dissect one of history's greatest disasters. We're going to really dig deep and we're going to try and get to the bottom of who's to blame in all of these catastrophes, because that's really important. You know, we should all be pointing fingers and figuring out whose fault things are. For today's episode, we're going to start with a maritime disaster. And look, I'm from Miami, so I know that a lot of crazy stuff goes down on boats, but this was above and beyond. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're talking about the Titanic. The Titanic was a passenger boat that sunk during its first voyage across the Atlantic Ocean on the early morning of April 15, 1912, after hitting an iceberg. It set sail from Southampton, but never made it to its destination, New York City. Shipbuilders advertised the Titanic as an unsinkable ship, practically setting themselves up for failure. It's believed that 1,503 people lost their lives, and it's considered one of the deadliest commercial maritime disasters in history. The sinking of the Titanic has intrigued many people throughout history, including director James Cameron, who gave us the masterpiece that is Titanic, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. If you disagree with the statement, you are dead inside. Okay, so here are my fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. 75% of female passengers survived on the Titanic. 20% of male passengers survived on the Titanic. If you were a passenger in first class, you had a 61% chance of survival. If you were a passenger in second class, you had 42% chance of survival. And if you were a passenger in third class, you had a 24% chance of survival. Now, I'm going to break it down for you. Of the men who were on this boat, 57 men survived from first class, 14 men survived from second class, and 75 men survived from third class. 
Now, you're probably thinking, oh, that's a lot more people who survived from third class, but actually there were so many more people in third class that 75 men surviving is still a really bad number. 192 men who were crew survived. Worst thing to be on the Titanic was a man in second class. Now, that's all you really need to know. And let me introduce you all to my first guest, Adam Lustig. Hello. He's a dear friend of mine, oh, a comedian, yes. and also uh, a person who catastrophizes. All the time. I thought it was just me and every other Jewish person I know, but it's you too. Any room I walk into, any new space that I inhabit, my first thoughts are what is hanging above me that could fall on me and lead to paralysis or death? Yeah. Uh, what is flammable and is likely to catch fire? Uh, where would I exit in the case of a flood or a, or a, a, mena or a menace or a robber? Um, so those are all my, I rifle through all those right. first thoughts just like you, I suppose. Yeah, one of my favorite stories about you <laughs> when we were uh, in living in New York. Yes. Uh, was that you would walk around just waiting for an air conditioner to fall on your head. So much so that I don't understand how that's not the most common fear of all urban dwellers where there yes. are high rises anywhere. It would be the first thing I would clock. I would step out onto a New York City's uh, sidewalk, instantly look up, clock all of the air conditioners that were, I mean, look. We went to college together yep. in at NYU in the uh -huh. village, and I installed my own air conditioning unit, and I'm an idiot. Yep. And I didn't know what to do or how to do it or that it's secure. I plugged it in, slammed down the wings, good to go, off to drink. <laughs> so, like, I know the mental state of one putting in their air conditioning unit. I don't trust myself. Ergo, I don't trust humans. Yes. So I would always walk on the... Almost to a dangerous degree, maybe. Closer, way closer to the traffic. Um, you know, and, and you brought that up. I had never thought of that. I, I used implanted to think, that one. <laughs> yes, I used to think uh, like a, a killer yeah. was was my biggest threat. Yes. Perhaps uh, falling into the subway and getting hit. Yes. That was my biggest threat. Yes. And until you said that... <laughs> Uh, I incepted that fear into yes, you. Yes, and that's the only thing I think about when I walk around New York City. Well, I have to say, it sort of relates to the Titanic, mm -hmm. in which, like, for me, I I am uh, afraid of human uh, menace and malice and people like it, like bad faith actors and people with ill intent and someone who's going to mug me or rob me or hurt me physically. What I, I think I'm afraid of more is human incompetence. Oh, and not malevolence, but but ignorance. And it's not like I mean the Titanic. Titanic. Yes. <laughs> the proper pronunciation, the Titanic. Uh, it's not like these people were out to hit this iceberg. No malevolence, no, no malintent. It is just human foible yeah. and improper calculations. One might say it is the air conditioning unit of the sea. So we share a <laughs> common shares. fear. Yes. Or a common lifestyle. Skepticism. Yes. Yes. <laughs> of our fellow man and their expertise. So, I mean, let's get down to business Great. and let's really delve into Great. who screwed up. Yeah. You know, who is at fault. Yes. Now, a little backstory. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but there were only 20 lifeboats. 20? On the Titanic. 20? Yes. yes. Now, I I'm going to give you some information so that confident. will blow your mind. <laughs> okay. Okay? They were so confident. According to multiple internet sources, yes. like titanicfacts.net. <laughs> Run by James Cameron. So Great. The Titanic was equipped to carry 64 lifeboats. Okay. Okay. Each of them had a capacity of 65 people, right? Oh, wow. Oh, so let's do the math, right? That means if it was able to 
saved the lives of 4,160 people. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Not insignificant. And here's another set. Okay. Yeah. When it sank that day, yes. there were only 2,224 passengers on so board. They, so they, in theory... And a crew. Oh. So they, they only had half the people. Okay? Yes. So, so there, the boat was designed to accommodate everybody, yes. Okay, yes. so we're, we're starting off. We've got the boat. Yep. There's plenty of space yep. to save people. Yep. What happens? Well, the designers, the uh, architects, yes. they were like, ah, it's a little cluttered. Bummer. Just doesn't look too good. Aesthetically. Yeah. It bumps up but you know what? It's, it's unsinkable. This ship's not going anywhere. Let's just slap 20... <laughs> 20 out of uh, 64. 64. No chance that it will have I, a problem. I'm already upset that we have to put 20. <laughs> yes. It looks disgusting. Yes. Um, uh, but let's go with it because what the heck. So like we're going for like a minimal kind of exactly. sort of minimal vibe. It, the lifeboats just don't really work with the aesthetic. Yeah. So um, so not in. Okay. So if you do the math, there's only 20 lifeboats. Mm-hmm. 64 pe- 65 people yes. allowed in these lifeboats. Yes. That can save... 1,178 people. So roughly half of the passengers. 53.4%. Okay, great. Okay. 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 And already, if you're a person yes. on the Titanic, yes. your odds suck. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. It sucks. Yes. Okay. Here's where it gets really upsetting. There were 28 people on board the first lifeboat, which had a capacity of 65 you're not 28 not full to capacity no not it yep the ship's sinking yes let's just put 28 yes we already, okay yes so now the number of people that could have been saved yes went from 1178 which is already half half to 1141 so that's leaving 1083 people doomed to die and you're saying that's only from the get-go they and that's because they didn't use the capacity of the lifeboats that they had they yes. only filled them halfway. Yes. They could have doubled up, saved way more people. Exactly. Why didn't they? Impatience and panic. Impatience, panic. Panic. Uh, class. Class. First class. That's where it gets, this is where it they gets dicey. This is what I'm fascinated by. It was too by. stuffy. They yeah. didn't want to be too stuffed. Yes. The upstairs, downstairs, Downton Abbey nature of it is really intriguing, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. The, rich, the richies go first. Out of these 1,178 spots yeah. available on the boat. Yes. Only 706 passengers and crew survived. Ah. That's 31.6% ah. of those on yeah. board. Yeah. So that's like two out of three people yes. died yes. on the Titanic. Yes. And that's 435 more deaths than there needed to be based on the resources that the shitty resources. The shitty resources they that they already weren't using. Wow. Yeah. So these facts are fun as hell. <gasps> let's talk about it. So yeah. and, and this is where the the people that were on the Titanic yeah. kind of come into play. Yes. Have you heard of the unsinkable Molly Brown? Um, only because it's our mutual friend Chris Mendelkin's fantasy football name, but not <laughs> for any other actual reason. You've never, that, you've never questioned no. why he's the unsinkable Molly Brown? <laughs> only that he's eccentric. I've never even thought to ask. <laughs> Margaret Brown okay. was a, um, uh, you might remember her as Kathy Bates in the movie. Love Kathy Bates. Titanic. Love Kathy Bates. Okay. So uh, <laughs> this is, it, she's a nouveau riche. Yes. Um, they didn't really like her. She was a little outspoken. Um, and she got on one of the first lifeboats. Good for Molly. I think she got a number six. Okay. I don't know if they were going like one through, through 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there. But yeah. 
she got on number six. Great. So she's putting people on, on the lifeboats. She she's out there. The sink sh- the, the 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 ship sinks. Yes. And she says, "We got to go back." Why? We got to go back and get these people who are flailing in oh, the water. She's just a good the, Samaritan. Yes. Just remember that it was freezing cold. God. You only I I think you had like twenty minutes to survive without get before you got hypothermia. If you're in the water. Oh no, that's what happened to poor Jack. I mean, <laughs> Jack and Jack survived Jack. A, little a little longer, longer. because his, half of his body was out. Love kept him alive. <laughs> Love kept him alive for a little for bit. Of a, it. A, a, a few. <laughs> Minutes longer. Let that be a lesson to you. Love really only keeps you alive for a few extra minutes. Another thing you should know is that it took about an hour and a half, two hours for the sip to actually sink. That's what I was going to ask you. Two hours. Think about what's going through your mind. Yeah, a slow death. A slow death. We're getting ahead of of ourselves. Okay. So what I was telling you about Margaret Brown was that she went back and she she wanted to go back and save these people. Sweetheart. Well, uh, I forget what you call them. The um, the the people that were running these lifeboats. Yes. They had like people in charge. Yes. And they were like, we're not going back. They're going to, too many people are going to want to get on board. Of course. And we're all going to die. Totally. So they selfish, developed this practical. totally selfish. You know, there's a story where she she fought with the the main I'm guy. I'm going back, Dave. Yeah, we're going back. She yeah, grabbed yeah. an oar <laughs> yeah. and like tried to go back. And I don't know if she ever. No one knows if she actually did. Where's that spinoff movie, Kathy Bates? Well, they 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 made the uh, oh. uh the musical. Have oh. you ever heard of the Insinkable Molly Brown? This is all new information. Oh to my me. god! I can't. Adam I am an ignoramus. I'm gonna learn to read and write. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I support those dreams. I'm gonna uh, see what there is to see. Oh, that sounds beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so if you. Somewhere on the road, just another anyone you know, it's me. Whatever, Molly. it doesn't matter. She was. Uh, let's put her in the hero category. Because, I would say you know, so. Of course, we're trying to figure out who's to blame, to blame. Obviously, yes. But she's already in the hero. We celebrate you, Molly. Yeah. Let's put in the possible people to blame. Yes. Uh, the the head person of the lifeboat of lifeboat six. Yes. I think there or. was a name. There's a name for him, and I wrote it down. Great. And his name is. Um, Sherman, uh, Morty, um, uh, Ricardo, Robert Hitchens. Yep, that's yes. British. So, so put that down. Robert Hitchens. Bob? We'll write that on the board. Bob, you're on the board, buddy. You got a bullseye on your back, pal. Adam, I got to ask you a very difficult question. Yes. If you were one of these people on the lifeboat, which you wouldn't have been because you would have been a male a man. in second or a third man. class, definitely. A man. But let's say someone was like, "Give that guy an oar and yes. put him on that boat." Yes. Would you have gone back? If I was on the boat with the unsinkable Margaret Brown and she was like, we're going back to save more. If I'm on the boat, I am deeply ashamed to say this. Deeply. Profoundly. I feel, uh, I already feel my cheeks getting flush with guilt. (laughs) Literally in real time as we speak right now. I would have been like, Molly, with all due respect, my dear, sit your ass down. We're going to save ourselves. I mean, look, if I if I had a spouse, if I had a cousin, You're if I had a Bob. family. You're with Bob. You're with Bob Hitchens. <laughs> like I said, I wasn't proud. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but I would be, I think that if I were in a real fight or flight, life or death scenario, I had just escaped a sinking, the unsinkable ship that is now sinking before my eyes. Yeah. I think that I would be in such a heightened sort of 
panicked self-preservation-y state that I don't know if I would have. I mean, I think hopefully my better angels would have gotten the better of me. I would have been like, you're right. Let's be patient. Let's go back. We have plenty of time. I think I would have been hyperventilating, weeping, and and almost maybe wheezing, dare I say screaming with fear. So I think that I would have been on the, Molly, please sit down and let's just go every man, woman, child for him or their self. On top of that, you would have been cold. And when you're uncomfortable... You make bad decisions. bad decisions. I don't want to die. Yeah. I already, I, I've thought through how long I have to live, yeah. how cold it is. I'm from Miami. That's I, right. That's I mean, another... cold water is really not my thing. <laughs> exactly. So here's another passenger, um, and, and this relates to who's to blame. Frederick Fleet. Okay, Fred Fleet. Okay. Fred Fleet was Great the names, first, I mean. God, Jesus. This is uh, 1914. So good. So, oh, my no, God. No, 1912, 1912. Love it. Um, so Fred was the first of two to spot the iceberg. Wow. Okay. He's along with a guy named Reginald. Great. Another great name. Fred and Reggie. He was the lookout on duty at the moment oh that it hit. Oh my God. And later he testified that had he had binoculars, he thinks that he would have been able to see the iceberg sooner. When yeah. someone asked uh, how much sooner, yeah. he said enough to get out of the way. <sighs> And here's my question. Why did they not have binoculars? It's 1912, folks. Here's what I dug. Just before the Titanic set sail, White Star Line, which is the company that ran the Titanic, reassigned the second officer by the name of David Blair. Important name. They reassigned him to another ship Uh, because it was so last minute. Blair accidentally took with him the The key. No. Oh, oh, oh. Worse, the key to the storage locker Brutal, on the Titanic David. that held David. the David, binoculars. David, 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 David. <laughs> what a significant mistake. What a historically significant whoopsie daisy. Because that's a true whoopsie daisy. You forget a key, so much going on, boats, it's 1912, it's tax week. You got a lot to consider. David's got a lot in his mind. One teeny little mistake, the key to the thing that holds the binoculars. Honestly, it probably crossed his mind. He'd probably reach in his yeah, pocket like, and he's ah, like, shoot. ah, shit. I didn't forgot to give this to Fred. Ah, whatever. It's totally unsinkable. Anyway, on with my life. I would submit, Rebecca, I don't want to step on your toes okay, on your podcast. I on. would submit David is David Blair. David put him Blair, on the board. Put him on the board. Right next to Robert Hitchinson. Right next to Bob. Well, I mean, look, but we we should specify it wasn't the Titanic sinking was not Bob's fault. No. A few extra passengers dying was that's possibly on you, that's on your shoulders for Bob. sure. Yep. But David Blair, yeah, Fred survives, right? Of course, yeah. David Blair's living his happy life, never been traumatized, <laughs> exactly. And Fred survives, of course. At years after, he yes, uh, he's depressed. He suffers from depression. Yes, and uh, uh, committed Ultimate suicide. Sur- oh, committed God, suicide. Brutal. It's it's a hard one to live with. Brutal, brutal. The ultimate survivor's guilt. So, I mean, he's way up there. Yeah. We've got David, yeah. not Fred. Not- it wasn't his fault. It was a... Uh, look, he paid his dues, I guess yeah. you could say. Because they, they say it took 30 seconds from the moment he spotted Jesus. the iceberg to the moment they actually hit. Oh, my God. No time at all. Nothing. No time but, at but all. But think about it. If you're down in the bottom of the ship yes. and you get you hear the bell and they're like, turn it around. Yes. You're like... Oh, it, it, 30 seconds is no time no, to turn at all. around. But if you're Fred and you see the Titanic, you see the iceberg, yep. and then let's wait 30 seconds. Yep, yep. <laughs> 
and then you're just watching impending doom. That 30 seconds is a lifetime for Fred Fleet. Apparently that night, the night of the Titanic, the waves, it was a very calm night. And the moon was very dim. Yes. So I don't I don't Dark. know how the tides were. Yes. Uh, but I'm assuming low, <laughs> the low wattage yes. of the moon. The of wattage. The moon. Yes. Yes. Just <laughs> uh, twenty two amps. Made everything a little calm, so yeah. you couldn't see far out, and yeah. you also couldn't hear the waves crashing, lapping up against iceberg. the iceberg. Totally placid so night. It was just a perfect storm. Bummer. Perfect storm for death. So, and you said that it sunk in the early morning, and it took two hours. So, yeah, it, I suppose it crashed into the iceberg, sort of pitch pre-dawn, pitch blackness, like oh, the yeah. dead, dead, dead yes, of night. Dead in of my night. mind, it's like three thirty a.m. Yes, or like I, 4 I mean, according to the movie, yes, uh, they've already had dinner, and, <laughs> and she. I mean, they they were they they already had sex. Yes, <laughs> and if you recall, people are coming out of their their rooms in their pajamas. Yep. Even Fabricio, Even who, Fabricio as is. you know from the night before, partied so hard. Yes. He was already in bed. So, <laughs> yeah. it, I, I'm so it's I'm giving like a two a.m. Two a.m. Three a.m. That's I, my answer. I could probably get the right yeah, answer. Exactly. <laughs> but let's just go with the Fabrizio. Fabrizio. Yes. It's uh, late. Two a.m. Even Fabrizio's in bed. So let me. Can I just ask yeah. a few? Just because I am fairly ignorant when it comes to the Titanic, okay. just in general, yeah. it was a it was exclusively a passenger ship, and it was like fairly luxurious, absolutely super luxurious. So even the people that were sort of in the second tier or third tier were kind of wealthy. I mean, if you were on the Titanic no. at all, you were rich. You know, back in the day, they actually used ships to actually travel. Yes. Which is, yes. it's not like, a, it wasn't, it wasn't a, just a for fun. cruise yes. thing. They were like, oh, I got to get back to New York. So let me take this yes. ship. This unsinkable majestic so ship. So some people in the third class were, were literally just trying to get back home. I think everyone home. was literally trying to get back home. Yes. No one's just riding this Titanic for fun. Here's the thing. And and James Cameron does a really great job in this movie. I mean, what a historian he's True. turned out to be. <laughs> um. If you recall, historian. there's a scene yes. where the ca- the captain of the ship is yeah. is says, I wanted to get there sooner. I want to impress them by getting there Early. a little ahead of schedule. And Freaking overachieve. Not only are we unsinkable, we're unsinkable and overachievers. He tells them to go faster. I mean, I think we should put the captain up. Oh, well, yeah. It is like on a Greek tragic scale of arrogance and hubris Mm -hmm. to be like, not all this is, I mean, to go out and shout from the global rooftops, we have built the unsinkable ship. This ship is, I mean, you are asking for it. I mean, that is the definition of hubris. That is the definition of pride. White Star Line, I think, is the the company that owned and ran the Titanic. Yes, very much Let's put those on the board. Absolutely. Let's put White Star on the board. Are you kidding me? And the captain goes on the board for sure. It is almost like the biggest, I mean, not to be crass or crude or anything, but it, it is almost like a very tragic historical example of like men flexing their their manliness and their masculinity there is like a bit of a, a penis exactly. proxy for this yes. the biggest hardest unsinkable ship ever and like and it's so like, wait, okay. wait, you bring up a really good point because perhaps society is really to blame yeah. for the sinking of the titanic the, the patriarchy yes the patriarchy is what sunk the Titanic. I, I I don't think that's I don't think that's terribly unfair. I think that that is definitely in the psychological soup. Okay, so let's let's <laughs> just do a rundown of who's on the board, Great. right? 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. We've got Fred. No, Fred is not on the board. We're going to take him out. He was circumstantial. He's just in the shitty position of being the first one to see. He's not to blame. He's out. We've got David Blair. He's the guy with the keys. We've got the captain. For sure, dude. It's like you're at the top of the food chain. The buck stops there, pal. We have, and with the captain is White Star. No doubt about it. And we also have society. Society. We have society to blame for the sinking of the Titanic. For creating a sort of culture of arrogance and achievement that would that would sort of encourage a group of arrogant, hubristic, bombastic men to floor it, pedal to the metal, baby. Let's get there in five days, not six. Let's show New York what's up. 
I, I already think I know who's to blame, but I, I want to ask you. Okay, great. Let me just sort of briefly again recap in my own mind. We have the captain, obviously, and with that, the company White Star, a name I, I'm not crazy about, to be honest with you, um, sort of evokes arrogance to me right away. Um, soci- the patriarchal society, one that would create a culture of arrogance, big time. That is big time for me. I know that's not doesn't have the satisfaction of pinning it on an individual, but to me, that has a lot of sway in my mind. David with the key. Bummer, bro. Big time bummer. Big time circumstantial bummer, but I don't lay the blame too quickly. I forget my keys everywhere I go. So, I mean, again, it's circumstantial and the binoculars would have helped my man, but I, I forget everything always. And so I have complete empathy. For me, it's between the captain because you're the captain of the ship and it's sort of all, you know, shit trickles downhill and sort of all roads lead up to the captain. So to me, it's between the captain and a patriarchal society. Um kind of intertwined those two things are sort of inextricable in my mind the captain is a product of said society i'm gonna go ahead and i hope this isn't a cop-out but i'm gonna take the the sort of long lens broad view and say that the sinking of the titanic who is at fault is a culture of patriarchal arrogance well i mean I'm gonna go i ahead can't and say i that. can't totally disagree with you but here's my thing please, here's my thing please i agree that society is to blame mm-hmm. okay But at the end of the day, this captain, my captain, he had a choice. He could have said, I'm not going to listen to this society thing. Yes. I'm going to take care of these people. Yeah. Because he knew how many lifeboats were on on the boat. I'm going to give it to the captain. And sorry, he survived? You happen to know if he's- No, 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 no. Oh, dead. Okay. Well, at least there's that. Captain's dead. We know the captain says, and also James Cameron- (laughs) Our hero yes, <laughs> uh, has that wonderful scene yes. where the captain R- locks himself me. up in the, the cabin and, and looks as this boat is sinking, the windows break and he drowns. He knows what he did. Yeah, he knew. Okay, so it's settled. Yep. The captain and society are to blame. <laughs> They're going to jail. So thank you so much for Rebecca, thank joining you us for today. Me. This was a real treat. So have we learned from the Titanic? Yes. There haven't been disasters like the Titanic since. And according to dummies.com, a lot of things changed after this horrible accident. One of the things that changed were they made sure that enough lifeboats were carried on board. After the accident, ships were required to provide one seat for every passenger and crew member on a lifeboat. Wow. Like, what a novel idea. Another thing that changed was the International Ice Patrol was established. Now, this organization monitors icebergs in the Arctic and North Atlantic Ocean, um, and it, it broadcasts information about their locations. So not since this was put in place, not a single accident involving a ship and an iceberg has occurred. Okay, so that's good. Um, another thing that changed was that ships, the, the design of ships changed. So the ship hulls were made stronger to prevent them from being breached and flooded by objects such as icebergs. So these were kind of the changes and regulations that happened from this disaster. Um, and I'm glad we've all learned from it. But as far as I know, no legislation has been put in place against the patriarchy. Vote for who you think is to blame on our website, uh, thealarmistpodcast.com. If you feel like we left someone out that you think should be blamed, 
send us an email at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts. The Alarmist is now on Patreon. Subscribe and get ad-free content along with bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash thealarmist or check out the link in our show description. Visit our website, www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at thealarmistpodcast and on Twitter at alarmistthe. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with editing by Molly Hockey and fact-checking by Chris Smith. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Crystal Dinsberg. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith. Tune in next week. We'll be revisiting the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire and inviting a guest expert to finally help us get to the bottom of who's to blame. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST. 